This is Shane's. Here's the jump hook. Is good. Sykes has it. Half court heat for the win. He got it. Baked it in for the win. And now we've got a battle. Kareem against Shane. Doug Moe trying to get his players back. They don't want a technical foul. They're still in a in a lock here. Kareem has got a headlock on Shane. This is Shane's and Higgins. That it is. Week two of our show begins here. Short week, just four days here. A little MLK day yesterday. Hope uh, all of you uh, enjoyed the day off from work. If uh, you had that, maybe watch a little uh, NBA as uh, that was wall to wall yesterday. Brian Higgins in the queue. Uh, Danny Shays. Uh, but where are you, Danny? Where where are you originating from here today? <clears throat> uh, today we're in cold Lanta. It used to be hot Lanta, but uh, uh, they have a little cold front coming through. We used to, and actually had snow yesterday. Uh, of course, I have to admit, I was kind of chuckling at what they consider a blizzard down here. Uh, that's a dusting of snow and temperatures in the mid 30s. Uh, to them, that's time to panic. Everybody stay home. Uh, nobody leave the house, you know, batten that down the hatches and uh, and gut it out. So, yeah, it's a little bit different than what we consider that up north. But they did have the trucks with the sand out. Not sure where they got, but because uh, they only, it only snows here every couple of years. But, you know, because it is basketball season, B, uh, I did get to you know, get my little snow fix in. Okay, well, I, I'm uh, I'm glad you found some, uh, even if it wasn't Len. I, I'm actually surprised they had uh, sand trucks there at all. So that that's something. Uh, it, it potentially uh, will have affected that snow down your way tonight's game. We'll get into that in a little bit. Clemson had their travel uh, delayed up today, and for those that don't know, Clemson, South Carolina, is uh, depending on traffic about uh, an hour or two to the uh, to the east of. Atlanta. I guess it's about two hours to the east of Atlanta, or if you're going the other way, it's somewhere between two and eight hours to the uh, east of Atlanta, depending on uh, the traffic. But the Tigers had to fly up to Syracuse this morning. They are here, as is their play-by-play guy, Don Munson, who's going to join us in about uh, 15 minutes. So, uh, Danny, we can find out about uh, the the travel issues of the the Clemson Tigers earlier today. And uh, that's got to be tough, as, uh, as not exactly hard as it sounds it is to fly charter uh, around as uh, these teams do through the ACC. Uh, flying somewhere day of game when you're not used to it is not the easiest thing. Well, that brings me back to the old days. You know, I'm an old school <laughs> guy, Brian. Came out of college in the 80s where we used to fly commercial. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we used to have those back-to-back games. Actually, when I started the NBA, we played three nights in a row. So back-to-backs were, were mild. You might play, you know, back-to-back three travel three in a row, travel back-to-back. So you could have a seven-game and nine-night stretch and uh, all commercial, and you required to take that first available flight in the morning, right, in case you got, you know, like we said, weather or something came in the way. So uh, imagine a 545 flight after a game, got to the airport at 4, 3.30, you know, you got that 3 o'clock wake-up call after a game to go out in the snow and, and trudge to the airport. So most guys didn't even bother going back into the hotel uh, you know, they play the game, throw their gym bag on the bus, go to a nightclub, take a cab, stagger into the bus at 3.30 <laughs> in the morning, uh, and then fly and and, uh, and light it up that night. So, yeah, burning the candle at both ends, or if we had three ends, you know, we might do that as well, uh, was certainly the norm back in the day. 
Uh, yeah, so a little different maybe for the Clemson guys here tonight. This uh, same deal actually happened to Syracuse. This is, uh, I think, about five years ago now. They were supposed to go down to Virginia, and there was weather, and they had to fly in uh, day of game. Also did not help that Virginia team was top five in the country, which made uh, things a little bit trickier, and the Orange uh, did lose that day. So we'll see if this is uh, an advantage or not or whatever uh, for the Orange here today. But uh, here's what we got coming up today. As always, we're sponsored by the Ferron and Sons Funeral Home. Uh, Don Munson has mentioned from uh, Clemson's radio broadcast to join us today. The first of two Duke games is coming up in Durham on Saturday. On Thursday, we'll be joined by the voice of the Blue Devils. That's David Shumate and Mike Waters, as always, on Fridays. It's our first crack here, Danny, and kind of looking back at Florida State from the weekend. We got Clemson coming up tonight. That's a 9 o'clock tip. And uh, do stay tuned in uh, ooh, about 25 minutes or so. We'll be giving away two tickets uh, to the game tonight. We'll be able to get you hooked up with those. Emailed uh, right to you. The beauty of digital tickets. Uh, you can win the tickets at 3.30 today and uh, be in the dome by 9 o'clock tonight. But uh, lots to get to today, Danny. And it's a few days removed now. But we go back to Saturday. The Orange in Florida State. And again, like we talked about, it came down to the wire. Orange ended up losing by five, but that is a one-possession game for all intents and purposes. What did you make of the end of that one? That was a, It was a strange game from my mind from start to finish, any which way you want to cut it, much like the first one was. When you get to the end, the Orange have the ball down one, final 30 seconds, and then it, it felt like somehow everything went wrong in the span of about 12 seconds there. Well, it's interesting because the game was was interesting, but exactly the opposite of the first game, right? Florida right. State comes out, uh, not a good three-point shooting team. You know, lights it up. They didn't take a ton, ton, but still, you know, 12 out of 20, 60% from three uh, in a one-possession game is a big deal. You know, Syracuse had uh, uh, their chances early to kind of open it up, uh, didn't quite keep the momentum going into half, and then it was a back-and-forth game. To the end, you know, you and I are going to talk over and over. Being able to win a close game at the end is a skill separate from being a basketball player, right? It's it's um, you know making a key play, an extra hustle play, an anticipation play, something Syracuse has uh, uh, you know been on the downside uh, overall, right? They obviously won the one at Florida State, but have not been able to pull out some of these close games. And uh, you know we're starting to look at these and have been as must-win games right now. A couple games under 500 in the league. Uh, you know, they have to get above 500 to have a chance. We talked about, uh, you know, the NCA maybe uh, getting a few less ACC teams into the into the tournament uh, due to the fact that, you know, not considered a, you know, a strong conference this year. Cuse has to be in that top third, and these games early on are going to, you know, have the have the potential of getting them behind the eight ball. So here they come down to the you know, last play of the game with a chance to win it. Uh, you know, just can't generate a good shot. Uh, you know, on that last possession and, you know, got a foul. And uh, as you mentioned, it really is a one-possession game. And, uh, you know, this is something that's going to haunt Syracuse. You know, that game the other night, uh, you know, losing in overtime, a game where they had the ball on the last, you know, 10 seconds to go, couldn't get it in. Uh, you know, so, so those types of things is not, uh, you know, something that Syracuse is going to, uh, be excited about when, you know, if they look back at the end of the season and, you know, are two games out of making the tournament. Uh, yeah, that, that's a fact. And, and you mentioned at the last play of the game, it, it looks like, or the last sequence of the game, which was somehow about five things all in a row. It was 
I mean, it was hard to absorb everything that was happening there at, at first glance there in the last few seconds. It looked like Jesse Edwards might have something, and he opted to pass it. Jimmy Beheim didn't get a clean look. All of a sudden, you're thinking, okay, you got a foul. Then a second later, Florida State says, screw that. We're going down the court and dunking it where you think, well, should they be trying to run out the clock? And, and then, Danny, I still haven't figured out, and, and it's hard to separate the result because it obviously did not work out, uh, whether Gerard's uh, 60-foot football pass down the court was uh, uh, brilliant, uh, crazy, or, or otherwise there to, to end the game. Uh, obviously, it, it looks bad since it didn't work out, but, uh, uh, man, if that had connected, uh, that would have been something nuts down the stretch. Well, you certainly got a guy who knows how to throw a football pass, but well, yeah. Uh, you know, but but again, you, you know, look, any one-point game, you can find you know, 15 points you kicked away, you know, missed bunnies, uh, stupid turnovers, bad defensive plays, and you know all those little by little. But again, winning close games at the end is a skill, and Syracuse to have a chance at going anywhere is going to be playing a lot of close games. They got to find a way to win those. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what's crazy? I mean, this is every game now, and, and you said it, and it, it, it almost doesn't matter if Syracuse is up 10 or down 10. One of those things seems like it's going to happen in the first half. Then the other team's going to catch up, and, and then you go play basketball. It, it's been amazing. Like, it was, okay, you're just watching the game, watching the game. Okay, Syracuse is up 10 in the first half. It was 28-18 briefly, and the lead vanished almost immediately. All right, now, now we can start the game. So I don't know which way it's going to go tonight. But uh, somebody's going to have a 10-point first half later, and then we'll figure out what's going on. Exactly. Ebbs and flows, you know, you make runs. You know, uh, you know the last thing about the game the other night, uh, it really shows, you know, in, in these last game, end-of-game situations, Syracuse doesn't really have a go-to guy, an isolation guy. You throw it to, get out of the way, let them go one-on-one. And uh, so they have to execute something. Uh, which makes it a little bit of a tougher slog. You got veteran guys, obviously Joe, Buddy, Jimmy, all veteran guys. Uh, Cole Swider with playing, you know, a couple years in college, so you know he's not a, a freshman coming in, and and so this execution is going to be something that's going to be uh, critical. Now you play a team tonight who is a three-point shooting team, one of the mm-hmm. best in the country. Uh, there, you know, Syracuse has played teams that shoot 50 or more percent of their shots from three and do it effectively. Clemson's got what four guys shooting 40 percent or better, or just about. And, uh, you know, this is not a, an overload team where you just you know, take one guy out of it. They've got a lot of guys who can, who can light it up, and Syracuse has been pretty much on the, you know, on the losing end of teams that, that shoot the ball that well. Yeah, we saw it last year in the game down at Clemson. The Tigers hit a bunch of threes, and Nick Honor went wild and had five of them. And then they played again in the game in the Dome, and you're worried about that, and then Honor doesn't make a shot. And uh, you win the exactly. game, So, and he's still here. So uh, he, he can, uh, he'll be swinging it in the Dome tonight. I'd, I'd be certain of that. We'll, we'll see if it goes in. Uh, all right, before we hit a break here, just a quick Women's Hoops Minute update of what is going on. Uh, I, I thought I'd be telling you about, you know, my basketball weekend was when we last talked on Friday, I was going to Charlottesville. And uh, then by Friday evening, uh, I was going home because uh, they were they were aware they were not going to be prepared for the snow in Charlottesville. So that game uh, got postponed slash canceled slash we'll figure out if it's been postponed or canceled uh, later on. So no game for the women uh, this weekend. Uh, their game on Thursday, so two days from now in the Dome, was originally scheduled for eight. Uh, television, yada, yada, yada. The game is now at 6. For those of you who are wondering uh, when the game is going to be Thursday, no longer 8 o'clock, 
It is at 6 o'clock. Georgia Tech is here, will be here. Uh, they remain statistically the best defensive club in the league. And a note on a now, I suppose, former Clemson Tiger and former Syracuse Orange and former Ohio State Buckeye and former first-team All-League player in the ACC, uh, Kiki Lewis, in her sixth year of college at Clemson, has apparently, quote-unquote, retired uh, from college basketball. She is uh, stepping away uh, from the Tigers as of a couple days ago. So there is your women's hoops update. With that, we will hit our first break today on uh, Shays and Higgins here on QSportsDoc.com at ESPN 97.7. When we come back, we'll get the Clemson perspective from the voice of the Tigers. Don Munson joins us when we come back. It's Shays and Higgins here on a Tuesday afternoon on QSportsDoc.com at ESPN 97.7 here on the Qs. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Shays and Higgins. It is Shays and Higgins. Brian Higgins, Danny Shays with you. Qs and Clemson uh, tonight in the Dome, 9 o'clock. And I, I guess you, sometimes you get the 9 o'clock tip and say, man, that's a that's a, a long day of sitting around the hotel if you're the road team and waiting around for it. Uh, not as much for Clemson today as we bring in the voice of the Tigers, uh, Don Munson. Uh, Don, good to have you here. And it uh, sounds like you guys had a, a bit of an interesting uh, travel situation here the last couple of days. Yeah, obviously, obviously not traveling yesterday, so we did an up and back from Clemson today. Uh, we actually, I think we actually Clemson had more snow on the ground than you all had here at Syracuse, so there's a first. Uh, but uh, we we make it up, and we're ready to go here at nine o'clock. Well, good, good that you got here because you, you, you never know on stuff like that, especially down your way. They, they don't really have as much stuff to push the snow out of the way as uh, as we do up here, which uh, we, we find is the problem uh, going elsewhere. Uh, how, how did you notice the guys reacting to that? Because that's not that's not something uh, you, you expect to deal with. And uh, how have they tried to deal with it, I guess, uh, throughout the day here today with getting here and uh, shooting around and uh, hanging out at the hotel right now? Yeah, we you know we landed just a little after uh, I guess it was God, like Moses. It must have been a little after eleven thirty ish. So made our way over to the dome to the shoot around. The guys like I thought looked pretty comfortable there, going through a, a shoot around and on a day that they're you know not usually traveling on. And but uh, you know I get the feeling that I think the guys kind of like it. Sometimes change of routine isn't always the negative. Sometimes it can be the positive. So it'll be interesting to see if it, if it works out well for for this team right now. Particularly you know coming off the the two losses, they got to find something to get them get themselves back on the W side of things well don danny jay's here you know we count on a day for all the sub teams you know our home vantage uh you know guys are shivering in the hotel and uh, uh them off a little bit so uh you know so at least you can get the at least you get a little sniff of it on and off the bus yeah, I mean, it's you know, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, you, Danny, you you know, you, you traveled enough around in college basketball, obviously your NBA career. That you know, travel is travel is one of those things. I don't know that people realize how taxing travel can be, uh, but it can be. Uh, it can be. It can be really taxing. I, I think the the one advantage to what happened here with us today is that it allowed at least yesterday we were able to get in a couple of practices, and then it gave them a good night's sleep in their own bed. Uh, I think which is which is a positive. Now, did they have to get up a little bit earlier? Yeah, maybe, but they're also students, so they were going to get up early anyhow uh, to, to get up and go to class and uh, and that type of thing. So I, it'll be interesting to see how at this day just really affects 
you know, affects everybody overall. So far, so good. I, I would say that the, the effects have been pretty, pretty much to the minimum. All right, Ty, give me give me a thumbnail here where Clemson basketball is at. It, it's it's kind of hard to even believe at this point. That, I mean, Brad Brownell's been there 11 years already. It feels like it's flown by. It made the NCAA tournament uh, last year. He's had some representative ball clubs here in the last uh, few years, a couple of 20-win seasons. What, what's the general uh, thoughts uh, about Coach Brownell here as he has really entered his uh, second decade on the job this season? Yeah, I mean, this is his 12th season at Clemson, which in college basketball in today's terms, that's an eternity. I mean, there's just not that many coaches that stay at, a, at any one school 10-plus years uh, anymore. It's funny, you look around, obviously in our league there are. Jim Beheim, obviously here at Syracuse, Krzyzewski, uh with what he has done uh, certainly at Duke, but Leonard Hamilton at, at Florida State, uh, even, you know, Jim Laranega was a little bit of a, even though he's a little bit of an older coach, but, you know, he's been in Miami now for, uh, for a while, so you start taking a look around the the league, and some of these guys have have been here certainly for uh, for their time. But you know, I think that what Brad has done at, at Clemson is not the easiest job uh, in the league. It's not the most difficult job though in the league either. And I think that what he's what he has done is that he's brought consistency uh, to the program. But I think the thing that you know that doesn't get talked about probably enough within on in any circle at any point at any time with any athletic with any athletic team is what he has done with his kids in the classroom. Every kid that has come and has spent four years with him at Clemson has graduated. He is perfect in graduation rate when he's had kids that have stayed with him for the, for the full time. And I think that's, that is to be uh, celebrated probably as much as anything because life after college basketball isn't always you know what these kids think that it's going to be. It's 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 not playing in the NBA most of the time. A lot of times it's going over to Europe, maybe and playing there. But but for probably ninety percent of them, their careers in basketball come to an absolute screeching halt. So you better have them prepared for life after basketball. Yeah, obviously the case, and uh, those graduation numbers are always impressive when they get put out there uh, like that. It's been a you know this season's been an up and down ride after uh, the tournament season uh, last year, and being a, a very good team in the league and, and getting a well-deserved seven seed in the NCAA's lost two in a row. Uh, Notre Dame can come out and uh, tag anybody on, on any given night, so you can kind of set that one aside. But what, what do you make of the BC game? That that, that was one I, I don't think uh, the Tigers would have expected to go that way going in. No, it, it certainly wasn't. I mean, it, it was a, a Boston College team. They had won nine games in a row over Boston College. Obviously, had not won on the road in over 700 days. Uh, so, you know, there there was that that was happening. Clemson runs out, and they're up 34 to 11. It was it was the only game I know that I have witnessed where both teams had a 30 to 11 run. Both teams had had that. And so uh, Boston College didn't lead until there was 27.5 seconds left in the contest. And, you know, Clemson just couldn't find a figure out a way to uh, to win it. They were, they were up six with, with under four, I think, with 4.10 to go. Clemson was up six and just couldn't figure out a way to hold on to it. We've seen that happen with this Clemson program already about uh, two or three times this season. Uh, they just not have been able to hang on to leads down the stretch. And so that's something that they – They've got to get figured out, and because if they don't, then they're not going to be a tournament team again. They're not going to finish in the upper echelon of the ACC. And let's be real honest about this year's ACC: you better finish probably somewhere in the top five if you're expected to go on to an NCAA uh, tournament. Yeah, that, that's certainly the case. I mean, you look at Duke, Carolina. Yeah, that's exactly and then the way we're looking uh, at it here. 
Yeah. Go ahead, Danny. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at the league. Looking at the same math as you are, you know, so it really makes it. My mind. But uh, sorry about that, uh, Don. Little technical issue there with uh, Danny's mic. But uh, you're right. The the top of the league is you know Duke. I guess Carolina's next, and then who knows where you're going after it. And Clemson could slot in there as easily as as anybody else this year. And you, you've got some. You got some balance on the roster. Uh, Syracuse fans will remember Amir Sims all too well and uh, quite happy that uh, he's not there uh, to deal with inside this year. But I don't know if P.J. Hall's quite the same type of player, but uh, production-wise, the numbers look uh, pretty darn good. How well has he uh, sort of stepped up this year as a sophomore? Well, I would say that P.J. Hall is probably the most improved player in the entire league, to be honest with you. You take it at what he did last year and the numbers he put up last year compared to what he's doing this year, uh, and they're night and day. Uh, P.J. Hall has, has transformed his body, first and foremost. Uh, he's he's gotten much stronger in the weight room. Uh, but I, the, the confidence in which he is playing with as well, you know, this is a big that's, that's able to step out, hit the occasional three. Now he's not going to shoot. Now he's not going to shoot 40% from outside the line, but you know right now he's he's shooting at right around 30 or 32%, which for a big is okay. It's it's not great, but 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 it's okay, and it helps open up I think other things that that Clemson can do offensively. This is a little more offensive oriented uh, team in in Clemson, and and the ball really has to run through PJ. I mean PJ needs to touch the ball every time it comes down floor offensively. He, he's the one thing about PJ Hall. You know, not only is the scoring numbers up, the rebound numbers going up, but you look at the assist numbers and what he's doing assist-wise. He's, he's averaging not quite two assists per game. And when you have a big that can handle the double teams when they come because you know the double teams are going to come and find the open guy, find the open teammate, and have that convert into points, that's, that's really, really big. Then, uh, Don, uh, we, we can't – let you go without asking you a football question. We've got to talk a little football when we're talking to Don Munson and uh, uh, Clemson. And, uh, you know, everyone's acting after this last season like uh, the Clemson football program is disintegrated, which is, <laughs> you know, uh, you're not in the playoffs once and it's all gone to pieces for Dabo, of course. But uh, obviously we know that's not the case. Uh, how How is that team handling uh, this year, which – was for them a down year, and then for most other teams in the league, it would have been uh, one of the best years they've had in a long time. Well, I mean, let's you know, be honest. Going into the season, the expectation was that, that Clemson would be back in the playoffs, possibly competing for, for another national championship. And so when that doesn't happen, then uh, then the wolves will come out. You know, the, the, the feeders will come and start picking at the carcass and, and try to get after you. Now, I hope that, that people do discount Clemson because a salty Dabo Sweeney is when he is his best Dabo Sweeney. That, that seems to be uh, when he does his best job, when he can carry a chip on his shoulder and then get his, his players and his program to carry that same chip, uh, then, then, they're usually, then they're usually pretty nasty. Now, next year going in and in the next year, I expect Clemson to be, you know, right back there. We'll probably see, you know, early polls that will come out. You, you may see some of them that will have Clemson in the top five, probably others that will have them top ten, others that will have them top 15, and, and that's fine because you kind of want to lay in the weeds a little bit, let teams discount you. But if you discount this, this Clemson program, I, I think you're doing the absolutely wrong thing because they were a very young team last year. They have a lot of defensive 
pieces of the puzzle returning. Now you got a new defensive coordinator, but but Wes Goodwin showed what he can do certainly in the bowl game against against Iowa State. They were fantastic in that game uh, down in Orlando. Offensively, I expect Clemson to to be able to bounce back. Uh, they were again very young on the offensive side of the ball. Had a ton of injuries, particularly at wide receiver and along the offensive line. It was interesting to me that once we hit the month of November and the offensive line injuries, all of a sudden you started getting people back. Now you're only able to play about six or seven guys, but at least you had some continuity up front on the offensive line. And, and it allowed them to establish more of the running game, which I think is going to be a big feature here in, in 2022 as well uh, for Clemson. So, yeah, discount Clemson. That, that's fine. But if you do that, you're going to be making an absolute mistake because they're going to be pretty good again uh, this coming year. Uh, yeah, I, I'd uh, say that is a, a, a safer bet than any other, and I, uh, I, I'm sure we'd both agree that there's uh, really no chance uh, that anyone other than Clemson is picked to win the league uh, next year, at least uh, preseason. So uh, that is for another day, Don. Uh, basketball tonight. Uh, glad you guys made it up here to the Qs, uh, and enjoy yourself in the Dome tonight. I got you. Hey, one question for This is a know-your-neighbor, or as in your case, know-your-co-host. Danny Shea, okay. do you know that what was, what was Danny Shea's Leading, uh, one would, what was his highest average point wise in the NBA? Do you know the answer? Um, I off the top of my head, I do not know the answer, Donnie. Are you walking around with that with that information at the? Oh ready? yeah. Well, let me tell you when you when I find out I'm coming on a program, I do my homework now. You got to be prepared. Okay. You go back eighty and eighty seven. Shea's thirteen point nine points with the Denver Nuggets. I credit it though playing at altitude. The ball travels further at altitude. That's what I credit that. But 13.9 points in that 87 campaign. They were also playing at the like the fastest pace in the history of the NBA. Exactly which, right. Which also... a- amen to that. <laughs> amen to that. They were they were that was a team that would put 140 on you in a blink of an eye. No doubt about it. Uh, good, good stuff Don is always good to catch up and uh, enjoy yourself tonight. Hey, appreciate you having me on. Always good to spread a little gospel to the Clemson Tigers. Go Tigers. Uh, that is the voice of the Clemson Tigers. Don Munson will take a break. More of Shays and Higgins when we come back. Hey, before we take a break, can't forget this. We have two tickets to give away for the game tonight. You can still go to the game tonight. Here is our trivia question of the day. It is uh, not a Danny Shays-related question, but the answer to the question is a former Syracuse player whose father and uncle once played for Clemson, whose father and uncle were both Clemson Tigers. The answer is a former Syracuse Orange player. Give us a call, 315-437-7644. For ESPN 44, two tickets to the game tonight. Could be yours. Jason Higgins rolls on next year on QSportsTalk.com at ESPN 97.7 in the Qs. This is Shazen Higgins. Uh, rolling along here. It is a Tuesday afternoon on Shays and Higgins. It is a game day. Cuse and Clemson tonight, 9 o'clock in the Dome. And the good news is about a 9 o'clock game in the Dome is if you if you win tickets to the game at uh, around 3.30, you still got plenty of time to figure out like, how you're getting there and how you're doing it and uh, the ease of uh, mobile tickets and the whole deal here in uh, 2022 is that if you win tickets right now, you can hang on the line and uh, get your email address and stuff and have the tickets emailed to you. And it's just that simple. You don't have to worry about will call or any of that stuff. So again, our trivia question here today is the father and uncle of which former Syracuse player played for Clemson. Let's go to the lines. George is in Syracuse. George, 
Do you know the answer to our trivia question here today? Eric Sanifer. Eric Sanifer is not the correct answer that we were looking for to that question. Thank you, uh, George. So uh, let's go next year. Line two is Bob in Cicero. A Syracuse player had a father and their uncle play basketball for Clemson. Bob, who is the answer to our question? Jeremy Grant. Uh, Bob, that is the answer we're looking for. Harvey and Horace both played at Clemson. Harvey uh, started his career there and then transferred. Horace played his entire career there. So, uh, Bob, do hang on the line. Congratulations. Uh, You've got two tickets coming your way to the game tonight. Hope you enjoy. Thank you. That is uh, Bob in uh, Cicero, and uh, he gets the answer with uh, Jeremy Grant. The uh, twins, Harvey and Horace, both uh, went to Clemson in uh, the mid-'80s. Harvey, of course, is Jeremy's dad. He transferred uh, out of the program after a year. Horace uh, went on to become one of the all-timers and both spent uh, many, 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 many years in the NBA with uh, Horace being uh, the most uh, successful with the uh, rings, of course, uh, with the Bolts. So that is our uh, trivia giveaway uh, for the game tonight in the Dome, 9 o'clock. Bob will be uh, walking away with two tickets. Again, that game is 9 o'clock tonight in the Dome. So a uh, late one this evening, but plenty of time uh, for Bob uh, to get out uh, to the game tonight chance to remind you that uh, if you're missing football on thursdays and you will be missing football on uh, thursdays this week you can still turn every thursday into payday with nba on tnt at fanduel sportsbook doesn't matter if you win or lose fanduel is giving all customers ten dollars back every thursday just bet ten dollars or more on a same game parlay on any nba on tnt games the games this week on tnt are suns mavs and Pacers Warriors, Suns Mavs, and Pacers Warriors. Same game parlay is likely to combine the money line, point spread, player props, or more, all into one wager. It's the perfect way to turn a small bet into a big-time score, and win or lose, you're guaranteed to get $10 added to your account. Again, Suns Mavs, Pacers Warriors, so uh, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic and the like will all be available in those same-game parlay options this Thursday evening. And when you win, you'll get paid in as little as two hours. Get $10 back every Thursday, win or lose, with TNT Thursdays. If you're new to FanDuel, just sign up with promo code SHAZESYR to get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 and make every moment mean more this NBA season. That's promo code Shays SYR exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook. You must be 21 and over and present in the state of New York. The bonus will be issued as a non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus of $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-HOPE-NY in New York or text HOPE-NY. Again, FanDuel NBA Thursdays on TNT. With that, let's get you to our uh, daily fix of uh, Jim Beheim. We'll be hearing uh, plenty from him uh, before the game over on TK99 uh, here today with Matt Park and Jim Settle. And after the game right here, you can stay tuned for the entire Jim Beheim uh, press conference with our uh, post-game coverage. But right now, here is uh, Coach Beheim. Uh, yesterday, he's talking about his bench and uh, specifically uh, the lack currently of one Benny Williams. There's nothing to ask about Benny. He's he struggled in every game he's played in, and he struggled in every practice. 
He's so just, him struggling is not ready right now to help us, and uh, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why anybody doesn't see that. Okay, then. Uh, if you have any further questions about Benny Williams, I'd say that uh, pretty much answers that. Obviously, uh, everything's subject to, to change. Benny had been playing, I thought anyway, a little bit better a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, that Miami game, he did a, a little bit of something uh, in the second half, but uh, not showing it in practice or in the recent games. And uh, really has played hardly at all here uh, the last few games for the Orange. A, a scant few minutes uh, against Florida State the other day. Barely played uh, the game prior to that. So don't expect, I wouldn't think, to see uh, any or more than just a little bit of Benny tonight. The guy that we've been seeing more of of late off the bench, not the same position, but with the idea of it being the bench, is Samir Torrance. Coach Bayheim had uh, much more positive things to say about uh, Samir yesterday, including uh, his work in practice, uh, the need to use Samir against teams that press, which certainly Florida State uh, was one of. We'll see if Clemson opts to do that uh, this evening. And uh, what certainly interested me, it wasn't the first time we'd seen it all season, but I feel we saw it at more critical times in the Florida State game than maybe any game we've seen it all season is we saw the three-guard line up the head, uh, Samir, Joe Girard, and Buddy Beheim on the floor at the same time. So uh, not a new wrinkle, but was used more on Saturday in the Dome than maybe we've seen it at any point this season. So we'll see if the Orange uh, lean on that at all here in the game uh, tonight with the uh, Torrance uh, coming off the bench and maybe giving the Orange uh, some punch of anybody off the bench that certainly has not been there of late uh, with Benny Williams, and we'll see uh, who it's there tonight. If we see more Frank Ansel in mid-center, uh, John Bolajak got those a few minutes uh, a week ago. We'll see if he gets in there at all tonight, or if uh, Benny Williams uh, since uh, Coach Beheim's word yesterday, maybe he had a good practice yesterday, and he'll uh, get out there uh, for a few minutes tonight. So we'll be keeping an eye all on that coming up at 9 o'clock uh, this evening here in the Dome. Take one final break here today on Shays and Higgins. Come back and I'll wrap up our Tuesday show after this. Glad to have you along here on QSportsTalk.com at ESPN 97.7 here in the Q's. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Shays and Higgins. Game day Tuesday. Grab of the hour. Houston Clemson, 9 o'clock tip tonight. Brian Higgins, Danny Shays, Danny's game preview in a moment. But first, we'll tell you to start spreading the news about FanDuel's Spread the Love matchup this Thursday. You control the point spread during the Knicks game on FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is moving the line one point in New York's favor for every 500 fans who bet on them to cover against the Pelicans. It's part of the Spread the Love promotion. The more bets, the better the spread. A few months back when the Pats played the Chargers, Connecticut customers spread the love until the Patriots were getting 100 points. Uh, they covered that one. Uh, this is uh, no way a bet you can't win. The spread has already moved from uh, three and a half, the Knicks favored, to 42 and a half, with still two more days uh, for that to keep moving. No matter when you bet it, you'll get where the point spread lands at tip-off, so you don't have to wait to get in on the action. Plus, FanDuel is super easy to use, and if the Knicks cover, you get paid in as little as two hours. doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. Just look for the Spread the Love Marketplace to bet that today. And if you're new to FanDuel, sign up with promo code SHAYSSYR. 
You get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's promo code SHAYSSYR exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You must be 21 or over and present in the state of New York. Must wager in a designated crowdfunding market. The max wager on this bet is $50. Payout at minus 110. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. All right, Danny. Game tonight. Cuse, Clemson. We're poking around it. Clemson's got the three-point shooters. They got a little size in P.J. Hall. Both these teams badly needing a win here with uh, having lost the last couple. Uh, what, uh, what say you about this game here tonight? Well, this is a must-win for both teams, Brian, but Clemson is going to attack the three-point line like nobody's business. Cuse has been weak there. At Clemson, one of the top three-point shooting teams in the country. Look for them to take over 50% of their shots from three. Swing the ball side to side. They got the inside out if they need it. Uh, but this game is going to be won based on how well Syracuse can get out and defend the three-point line. Well, and you mentioned it. There's multiple guys on Clemson that can hit the three, but uh, the guy that pops out just because of last year is Nick Honor. In the game in South Carolina, he went five of eight from the outside. Remember, he hit him early in the game. It kind of blew it open. He had 15 points in that game. In the game of the Dome, he was uh, 0 for 2. Obviously, that led to uh, zero points <laughs> in the game. So I know it's multiple guys uh, for Clemson, Danny, but uh, Nick's the guy I'm going to be watching early and often here tonight. And I, I'm with that as well. But you have to remember, Clemson's watching what other teams do. They've scouted Syracuse all year. They've seen six teams be successful shooting a huge percentage of their shots from the three-point line. And Clemson, being a good high-percentage three-point shooting team, is going to go after that and make Syracuse stop them from that line. Uh, P.J. Hall, we talked about it a bit with uh, Don Munson. Everyone knew about Amir Sims the last couple of years. And he was a tank. Just an absolute tank right. inside. And uh, he beat up the orange uh, a few times in his career. PJ is a very different kind of player uh, when you look at how he goes at it. He's, he's still big. I mean, he's 6'10", but he can he can step outside. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he'll he's hitting about one a game, so you, you got to worry about it. How different a matchup of this it, with Hall inside uh, for the orange zone than it was with Sims the last few years? Well, I clearly, uh, again, if you scout Syracuse, you know their two biggest issues are defending the three-point line and Jesse Edwards getting in foul trouble. So I think you're going to mm-hmm. see him maybe step out as the extra guy uh, right for the opportunity three. But uh, but I think if nothing else, those are the two things. You look at Jesse uh, trying to get him in foul trouble inside, so they may go in for that. Uh, plus is a way to suck the defense in, uh, as they've had to do in the past to protect Jesse against foul trouble. Uh, so I think that's what you're going to see. I don't think there's a reason for him to play small, again, because Jesse has been foul prone, fouling out of, what, uh, six ACC games in a row. So uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely going to try and exploit that. Uh, yeah, Jesse uh, fouling out is almost the badge of honor at this point. So we'll see if he can if he can make it to the end of the end of the game tonight. I mean, we talked about it last week. It's not so much you, you foul out if you can uh, use them right and be on the court at least uh, for all but uh, the last few seconds. But uh, Hall will be a, a different kind of matchup uh, for them, the Orange, than they've really seen with some of these uh, big guys this year. And then. You know, a lot of this, it's coming out of Syracuse uh, tonight in many ways, uh, I think, here, Danny. Like, are the Orange going to show up and play well uh, for the whole game? It it looked like, you know, you got the 10-point lead against FSU on on Saturday, and, man, they look great. 
and then that kind of went away. We just really haven't seen, have we, almost all season long, 40 minutes from this team that, that has looked the same, good, bad, or otherwise, from start to finish. Well, if anything, the SU bench is getting shorter, right? We see Ben mm-hmm. Williams getting almost, and we're going to see tonight if he's out of the rotation or if he's going right. to get back in for some minutes. Does John Bowl get a couple minutes? Uh, Frank Anselm playing spare minutes at the center spot. Uh, Samir a little bit at the point guard. Maybe he'll get a little extended minutes, go with that three-guard lineup. Uh, but one of the issues that we're keeping an eye on is does Syracuse kind of run out of gas at the end of games, playing such a short bench? That's another thing you may see Clemson do is try and pressure, press the tempo a little bit to see if they can run some of the starch out of the SU guards. Yeah, we'll have to see. And, uh, you know, Samir has been playing more and more here of late. I kind of like that three-guard look uh, last game with him, Joe, and uh, Buddy all out there, at least for a a little something different. So uh, last thought here, Danny, maybe maybe we get a little bit more of that here tonight too. I think you will because it it has worked. Uh, I like that lineup with Biggs in. Uh, I'm not as excited to have Jimmy Boeheim playing the five when they go small that way. I like the three-guard lineup with Biggs. uh, as a much better use, uh, you know, kind of in a small lineup where they can go pressure, shoot the ball better from three, uh, have Samir bring the ball up, take some of the, not only take the ball handling pressure off Joe, but get him into the offense more as a shooter coming off screens, which he does real well. So I think you're going to see that more and more. All right. Tip time, 9 o'clock tonight in the Dome. We'll break it all down here tomorrow on Chase and Higgins on the block is next.